Thank you for listening to the One City Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. Many of you remember 1970 Apollo 13. I was nine years old. How many remember the wood cabinet television sets? You had one of those. Remember the big, yeah. I wanted to show you this clip to awaken an emotion within all of us. An optic like this is powerful as it can stir up emotions in people and help set us on the course that I believe God wants to take us today. On April the 9th, 2020, ABC News put out a report, Houston, we have a problem. Remembering Apollo 13 at 50. It was 50 years ago that Apollo 13 uh, took place. It launched on April the 11th, 1970. And then on April the 13th, Apollo 13 experienced the rupture of its uh, oxygen tank, which set it on its course to have to sling around the moon and return to planet Earth. Apollo 13 is still considered mission control's finest hour or NASA's most successful failure. Mission commander Lovell is still alive at 92. And he said two things. He said, one, this was a miraculous recovery. And I think we had some divine help in this flight. As you saw in the video, upon re-entry, the communication blackout lasted a minute and a half longer than expected. Whenever a spacecraft comes back into the, uh, the Earth's atmosphere, you can understand the pressure, the friction, and the amount of heat that's created on that re-entry. And it has to hit that re-entry just right. It's got to come in just right in order for them to survive. If it doesn't, if it hits too shallow, it can just bounce off. If it hits too deep, it can destroy the craft. And so it's got, to, there's like a, just a small window where that craft can, can enter into the atmosphere and survive the re-entry. Apollo 13 actually came in just a little too shallow, and that's why the re-entry lasted a minute and a half longer than expected. You saw in the video when they hit three minutes, there was just a, a, a silence in the room and a, and a tension in the room because at three minutes, that's what they were expecting to, to re-establish uh, communication with them, but it went on for a minute and a half. Now, the reason for that lack of communication or what they call a blackout uh, is because the pressure of the craft in the atmosphere, the tension, the pressure, uh, it, it, it releases a, uh, ions all around this craft. The air is ionized. And because of that, it interrupts, it interferes with the signal that's coming from the planet, from planet Earth. And so it cuts off communication. So they call this a radio blackout or a re-entry blackout. Now, where I'm taking you this morning is this. I don't want to talk about 2020 and all that we've gone through because we're all tired of hearing about it. But the fact is 2020 has been a challenging year. And my own personal experience has been this. There have been times that I have gone through what I'll call a communicational blackout. 
because of the pressure of the year, because of the, uh, the, uh, the friction around me, it's like Apollo 13 trying to re-enter the earth's atmosphere. There's all this pressure, there's all this tension, there's this ionized atmosphere around me that there have been times that I've gone through a communicational blackout. There have been times that I've lost signal, not only with people, but there have been times when I've gone into prayer and I have prayed and I've been able to press through, but there's been other times when I've gone into prayer and I struggled. There have been times when I've heard the voice of God, but there have been other times that I searched for him. There have been times when the word will speak to you and there's times when it doesn't. Now, we don't like to admit those things, but we need to admit them and be honest with one another. That during 2020, I haven't always felt like I was on top of things. There have been times, as with many people, depression has tried to come over me and I've had to push it back. There have been times when I've been so frustrated, I've just wanted to wash my hands and just, just give up and leave Beaumont. But where are you going to go? You say, well, I'm going to just get out of town and get away from COVID-19. Where are you going to go to get away from it? And so people today are experiencing fatigue and they're fighting depression. And there are times that people feel hopelessness coming over them. But it's like there's this blackout. People feel like there's a blackout, a breakdown in communication, not only with people and with our family members and our friends and church attendants, but sometimes we feel that way with God, that the signal has been broken. And it's because of this ionized atmosphere that's all around us. But just like with Apollo 13, now listen to me, I'm telling you, just like with Apollo 13, we're going to come through this. And just like Apollo 13 heard from mission control, you're going to hear it. Uh, you're going to hear those words. You're going to reconnect with heaven. You're going to come through this and you're going to hear heaven say, it's good to see you again. You're going to come through this. You're going to come through this and reconnect with family. You're going to come through this and reconnect with friends. You're going to come through this and reconnect with church. You're going to come through this and reconnect with God. Listen, there are seasons in your life when you're going to go through storms and you're going to go through pressure. You're going to go through things and it's going to be like that, that Apollo 13, that spacecraft trying to re-enter. We're trying to re-enter normality. We're trying to re-enter into our lives. We're trying to re-enter. And there's all this pressure. There's all this tension. This ionized atmosphere around us is cutting off the signal. You feel isolated. You feel alone. You feel like you're asking the question, where is God? You're, you're struggling. But listen, you're going to come through this. You're going to reconnect and you're going to hear heaven say, it's good to see you again. I promise you, you're going to come through this. You have to understand that life is a series of wombs. You go through seasons and you go through different storms and situations. And it's, it's like a womb that's trying to push you, push you to the next level or the, the, or the next dimension of living. It's a pressure point. Now, look, I'm not telling you that God caused the COVID-19, but I can assure you he will, he, will, he will use it. 
I'm not telling you that God causes hurricanes, but I promise you he will use them. The Bible says that all things can work to the good to those that love him if they will let it. And so God, will, God allows things. We know that everything is father filtered. And these things come, though he doesn't cause it, he allows it and he'll use it. And those situations will be like pressure points, like a womb that is trying to push us to the next level, that's trying to push us to the next dimension of living. He's trying to push us into a new season He's trying to make us into the men and the women of God that we need to be so he can accomplish what he wants to accomplish on planet earth. I'm telling you, God is going to bring you out. God's going to bring you through. If you'll just hold on and you'll hear mission control say, it's good to see you again. It's coming. Just hold on. So it's been tough. I know that. And just like with this communicational blackout, this year has lasted longer than we anticipated. I'll be honest with you. When we came into June, I thought over the summer the COVID-19 was going, was going to die out. I really believed that. I thought, well, we'll get through the summer and then the September will come and we'll be back strong again. I never imagined that the pandemic was going to last this long. I never imagined that we'd have two hurricanes in November down south of us in Honduras, Central America. I never, one of them a category five. When that, when that one hit Honduras, the Category 5 in November, I thought, well, this just ain't no quit. This year is just not going to let go. And then the presidential election, it's still, they're still uh, debating over this issue now. It's still, it, they just won't let go. And then, as I mentioned earlier, on November the 18th, I started feeling bad. On the 19th, I tested uh, positive COVID-19. I thought, there's no end to this year. It just won't let go. It's just like with this communicational blackout with Apollo 13. It hit three minutes and, and it just, the silence was there. And it's like now, people right now are really starting to get frustrated because they feel like it just won't let go. But I'm here to tell you, just like Lovell did, I believe there's a miraculous recovery coming. I believe that. And like he said, I believe there's some divine help that's coming because I'm convinced that my father is going to use this to turn things around and to bring people back to Christ. I'm believing that there's going to be a move of God that's coming through all of this. I believe Holy Spirit's going to say to people, prodigal sons and daughters and everyone else and say to them, it's good to see you again. It's good to see you again. Let me take, to, take you to Luke chapter 1, verses 8 through 17, and give you an, an example of this in, in the gospel. Luke chapter 1, verse 8. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, he was serving as priest before God. He was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord he is never to take wine or fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of God 
many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of, their, of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And in Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is along in years. The angel said to him, I'm Gabriel. And I just, I want to stop here. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. Say good news. It's good news. I want you to notice in verse 11, it said that the angel of the Lord appeared to him. I want you to understand what's happening here within our, our, our text. It's been 400 years of silence, 400 years of communication blackout. God hasn't spoken 400 years. But silence was broken. Now, I want you to notice this. Silence was broken during intercession and worship. They were there burning incense, the altar of incense, and they were praying. Intercession and worship. Notice that the re-entry, God's exploding on the scene, the re-entry began with a birth to a new dimension. Two babies were born, John and Jesus, and it's taken us to a new dimension. A birth was taking place. And then notice that the angel announced joy was going to be restored and a move of God was coming because he said he's going to turn the hearts of Israel back to God. A revival was going to hit Israel. Notice that. He said in verse 17, and the passion, it says, he'll turn the hearts. He'll turn the hearts and he will prepare a united people who are ready for the Lord's appearing. Now, I'm telling you what I believe and I'm, I'm contending for. I'm contending that through all that we've been through, I'm just believing that God is going to move again. I just believe he wants to turn the hearts of people and the people of God are going to rise up united, united, united. And there's going to be a move of God in the land. I want to believe that. I have to believe that, that God's going to use this to turn the hearts of people. So perhaps today, the angel of his presence will stand at the right side of the altar of incense and turn hearts and unite us all. I just want to believe that today, the angel of his presence the angel of his presence will stand at the right side of the altar of incense and he'll turn the hearts of men on campus and those watching online. It's time, as I've said throughout this year, it's time to move from being a convenient Christian to being a Christian with conviction. The days of convenient Christianity is over and it's time for men and women of conviction that can stand up in the face of a pandemic, Rioting the streets, economic downturn, a controversial presidential election that can deal with the pressures that we're dealing with across this nation, whether it's fires or hurricanes, whatever it is. It's time for men and women of God that can stand up in the face of all of that and bring good news and bring hope and endure and deal with the pressure as we're trying to re-enter. We're trying to make this re-entry and communications is broken and there's a blackout and people are saying, where is God right now? And I feel cut off from people. I feel cut off from the church. I feel cut off from God. I feel isolated and people are struggling. Again, we keep hearing things about how that uh, alcohol consumption is just, it's skyrocketing in America. 
because people are struggling. People are trying to medicate themselves and they're trying to cope and just get through. But the church has got to understand that when we pop out on the other side of this thing, I believe God's going to turn people's hearts. He's going to unite the church and we're going to see a move of God and Holy Spirit's going to stand up and say to people, it's good to see you again. People that left the church, I believe, will come back. So let me talk to you for just a minute and we're going to pray. The altar of incense. Now, in the past, I've taken you through the message, what we call the pathway to his presence. God said to Israel, I will meet you at the Ark of the Covenant. He said, I'll meet you there behind that veil, that curtain in the Holy of Holies. But to get there, they had to go through a pathway. They had to go through the, the, the brazen altar, the laver, the lampstand, the, show, the table of showbread, and then the altar of incense. And then the high priest could go through that veil into the Holy of Holies once a year on the Day of Atonement. He said to Israel, I'll meet you there. Once a year, Day of Atonement, the high priest can go in. The last station in that pathway to his presence was the altar of incense. The altar of incense was the highest piece of furniture in the house. Okay. It was the highest piece. The altar of incense was the closest the priest could get to the Shekinah glory of God without going into the Holy of Holies. So there was the altar of incense and then there was the veil or the curtain. And then beyond the curtain was the Ark of the Covenant where on the mercy seat between the two, the two, uh, the two cherubims, the glory of God would come down, the Shekinah glory, and it would sit on that mercy seat. And it was, there was a, 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 a light that would settle down on that mercy seat. And the high priest would go through that veil and on, once, on the Day of Atonement, once a year, and he would make atonement for himself, the temple, and the nation of Israel. He said to Israel, I'll meet you there. But this altar of incense is the closest they could ever get to the Shekinah glory without actually going into the Holy of Holies, okay? It was the closest they could get. The word Shekinah in the Hebrew means God's dwelling among man. You see, we say here a lot that we're a presence-driven church. What that simply means is, is that in, any, in every service at any given moment, we want to yield to Holy Spirit and let him lead us and guide us in everything we do. When we say we want his Shekinah glory, what that means is we want to see his, his presence manifested. You see it manifested with people getting saved, people getting healed, people getting filled with the Holy Spirit, people getting delivered, people being touched. That's the Shekinah glory. We want to see the Shekinah glory of God fill the room. You want to see God show up and then manifest himself. And we, and we want to see that. So we're a people that understand, though, that the closest we can ever get to that Shekinah without going to heaven, the closest we get is through worship and intercession. The closest you can get to God without actually going to heaven is through the act of worship and intercession. In Exodus 30, he said, put the altar in front of the curtain. I'll meet you there. 
So this is the closest that we can get to God. That's why we put such an emphasis on prayer and on worship. That's why in our services, we don't want to go long and worship and just wear you out. That's not our intention. We don't go long just to say we're going long. But what we do is we try to create a moment to give you an opportunity to encounter God's presence and then for God to respond to you. We've got to give it a moment. Sometimes you've got to let things percolate. Amen? And so we want to create an opportunity for you to encounter God's presence. And the reason for that is because I've learned, I've learned, okay, that the higher we lift him up, I've seen the deeper he reaches down into the depths of humanity to pull men out of sin. There's an anointing that's released through prayer and worship, okay? Some of the greatest miracles I've ever seen in my life have been in times of worship. And worship sets where Holy Spirit starts moving and people are responding. It's then that some of the greatest anointings I've ever experienced has been during worship. And so worship and intercession is so important to us. Now, you have to understand that the curtain or the veil, as we call it, uh, was framed in with no door separating man from the presence of God. I've looked and I, I can't find, I've looked to other theologians, I can't find any, anyone who claims, who, who says that there was a doorway. It appears that that veil, that curtain was side to side, top to bottom. And, and people have debated on how do the high priest once a year get beyond that veil into the Holy of Holies, the Ark of the Covenant where the presence of God was. Because in Exodus 26, he said, hang the curtain. And that word hang, and the Hebrew means to set it or frame it in. So he said, take the curtain and frame this thing in. So it was framed in. And Leviticus chapter 16, he said, uh, the high priest is to take a censer full of burning coals from the altar before the Lord, two handfuls of finely ground fragrant incense and take them behind the curtain. And so if you frame it in, how is that high priest to get beyond that thing? And we can debate that all day long. But I can tell you this one thing. There was an altar of incense. It was the highest piece of furniture in that room. There was a curtain that was framed in. On the other side of that curtain was the Ark of the Covenant where the Shekinah glory was. And God invited that high priest once a year to first come to that altar of incense and with incense in his hand. And with that incense burning off that table representing the intercession and the worship of the saints, God says, you, if you'll come on the day of atonement, I'll give you access into this holy of holies. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, worship and a people that will stand in a sanctuary like this one and intercede will usher us into the presence of God. And some of the greatest miracles we'll ever see will happen during those moments. When we stand at the altar of incense and we worship him, and we intercede. That's why, it, just like this morning, it's not uncommon, as with Charmaine, you saw it, and it's not uncommon for people to get a, a word from the Lord during the time of worship. It's because things are getting stirred up in people. The giftings are getting stirred up. The spirit of prophecy begins to move. Whenever God really begins to move and, and, and just, you know, I know what's going to happen. I've seen it. For, I've been doing this long enough now. And it's not uncommon for me to get one, two, three words, four words, people to come up to me. 
And they'll say, listen, God's saying this. I saw this. And, and sometimes it's for them personally. And sometimes it's for the corporate body. And I just have to try to discern what that is. But it's not uncommon in the time of worship for things to get stirred up. And so I'm here this morning to just acknowledge the fact that many people have been in a, what we'll call a spiritual blackout. They feel like they're cut off from people, from church, from God, from Holy Spirit. Others don't. And that's great. But there have been some that have, they feel like there's been a communicational blackout. And as I shared with you earlier, there have been times with me where I could press in and I could press through. And there's times I couldn't. There are times I heard his voice speak to me and there's times I didn't. There were times when I felt moved by Holy Spirit and there were times when I asked the question, where is God to be found? That's normal in seasons like this. And my age and my experience and my maturity holds me steady. And I know that I will pass through this. As I'm passing through that atmosphere and it's been the, the year of 2020 has been tough and I feel like I've been cut off. My maturity will allow me to hold steady and know that I will pop out on the other side at some point and the Holy Spirit's going to say to me, it's good to see you again. You did well, son. It's good to see you again. Because I know he's going to use this year to shape and to form me and to mold me into the man that he needs me to be to do what he needs me to do. That's the way this works. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 15, speaking of John, he said, He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Now, before I go any further, I want Seth to come. Seth had a, a an, uh, he saw something, received something during worship that I want him to share with you real quick. And then I'm going to close out and we're going to pray. During worship, I heard um, the Lord say a real simple phrase. He said, uh, he said, today marks the beginning of a 100 of 100 days of my visitation here. And he meant that geographically, specifically in reference to this house. Very simple. Uh, he didn't give me very much further interpretation on that. Um, I quickly pulled out my calendar and began to count 100 days from today. 100 days from today, counting today, is March the 15th, Monday, March the 15th, which many of us know that'll be the anniversary of when the nation shut down for COVID. That first Sunday of March 15th of 2020 was the first Sunday we shut down. So 100 days from today. Um, he then coupled it with a dream. Uh, after I told pastor, I came back over here and kind of sought the Lord a little bit further. He coupled it with a dream I had some, uh, a couple months ago that I was in here in the sanctuary. The attendance was about like today, uh, very scattered. It was very apparent that we were still amidst in COVID. And I was over here in the side with pastor and we went to a moment of prayer and I, I put my head down in reverence for the prayer. And when I looked up, this place was packed full of people. And I remember my first instincts, I freaked out. because, Oh my gosh, we're not social distance. <laughs> but quickly came at peace that it was a work of the Lord. And so he, he reminded me that he can take this next hundred days and undo the last 264 and whatever he wants to. Very similar to when the Israelites stood at the Jordan River to cross over, they're facing 40 more years 
of advancement in that nation, of fortification, of procreation. The enemy has gotten larger and, and more you know, uh, difficult to combat. But what God did for them undid that 40 years and the 400 years prior that those people had existed in that land. So I, I really do believe that it's a word for hope that he's taking this next 100 days. Don't take my dream to mean that that only means this house is gonna experience that. This is a conduit, this is a representation. When, when Holy Spirit gives pastor a word to preach, yes, he gives it to pastor, but it's for you. Yeah. And so where is symbolically where I saw this sanctuary field, that's your life, that's your home, that's your workplace that you're carrying that, that fulfillment to. Amen, good word. Amen. As I mentioned, Luke 1, he said of John, he'll be filled from his mother's womb. I had never looked up that word in the Greek, but I did this time. It just caught my attention. But the word filled there means supply. But it means also to fulfill as in time. Okay? It means to accomplish. So it's like a baby in a mother's womb. That womb is going to supply that baby with everything it needs. And it's going to fulfill that baby in its time, its maturity, its development. Do you understand? That's why we always are concerned about premature births, because we want the baby to go the full time so that it can be filled, supplied, fulfilled in its time. It needs to be accomplished or complete. So he said, John is going to be filled even from his mother's womb. He's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now listen, as I mentioned earlier, life is a series of wombs, pressure points pushing you to the next level or dimension of living. This year is like a pressure point. It's like a womb that's developing people. It's, it's supplying people. It's forming people. It's preparing people for what's coming so you can be complete, so you can be filled with what Holy Spirit needs you to have. I've gone through different wounds in my life. I've gone through different storms. I can go back in my mind and I can, I can take the timeline and I can identify a womb, a womb, a womb, a womb. Moments that were pressure points that I was being formed I was being filled. He was supplying me with what I needed. It was a, I was being accomplished in time. It's like, I need you right now to reach this level of maturity. Oh, my God. Listen, I have six grandchildren, okay? I have six grandchildren from 10 to 1, okay, in age. As I look at each one, there are certain expectations I have of them at that particular time in their life. And if they meet that expectation, I say to them, they're perfect. Now, you may not think so, but I do. Now, Jude is my oldest one. He's 10, but he can't drive a car. But I don't expect him to. Now, on my dear lease, he drives a $28,000 side-by-side that I bought, which scares the life out of me, but he can handle it. At this point, he handles it. But my point is, he has met all of his requirements at the age of 10, just like Anna Grace at eight, Kate at six, and on. 
As long as they meet their requirements at that particular age, they're perfect. And so I've gone through different seasons of my life. And this year has been a season. It's been a womb that shapes and it molds and it forms you so that you're filled by Holy Spirit with everything that he needs you to have so that when you pop out on the other side, he's able to take you to a new dimension of living, a new level of living. You're wiser, you're stronger, you're better because of what you've gone through. Now, you may say, Pastor, I don't feel like I've done that great this year. Just hold on. Just hold on. Listen, you're... you're, God is working in you in ways that you don't even realize. And when you come out on the other side of this thing, God's going to be able to use you because of your experience, because of what you've gone through and how you've endured and you're still here. Listen, there's something to be said that you're still standing. You're still here. You pop out on the other side. Every life womb will form you and mature you in time and supply you with what you need. So let me ask you this. What will the womb of 2020 form in you? Stephen, come help me. What will the womb of 2020 form in you? When you pop out in the next year and you look back over all that we've been through, what will you say that this was formed in me, this was shaped in me, I was strengthened here, I'm a different person here in my life because of what this year did. I went through a communicational blackout. Many people have been, they feel isolated and cut off, disconnected. But when you pop out on the other side and Holy Spirit says, it's good to see you again. What will you say God did in you and through you? Think about it. We started out with the article put out by ABC News, Houston, we have a problem. 50 years since Apollo 13. Apollo 13 is still considered mission control's finest hour and NASA's most successful failure. I said here a while back, I was doing something, oh, I was doing something for the, the, uh, the concert out at Ford Park and the wall that we put up and we took it to City Hall and other locations for people to sign it to honor our first responders and our healthcare workers. And I made the statement when I was talking at City Hall that 2020 will be known as the year of heroes. Rather, it's firefighters out west, our first responders up and down the Gulf Coast responding to the hurricanes, uh, the policemen that were dealing with the rioting in our streets across America, are our healthcare workers that are on the front lines every day, putting their health and the health of their families at risk, caring for those of us that have had COVID-19. And so I think 2020 will be known as the year of heroes. And so I just, I want to ask you the question, what, what greatness is, is he going to work in and through you? Think about that. What heroes and what greatness will be formed in this womb of 2020? What is it? What is it? Some of you here this morning on campus and online, I know you feel isolated. And maybe you feel like you're in that communicational blackout. All the pressure of the year surrounding you is cut off the signals 
But I've come here this morning just to tell you, as with Zechariah, after 400 years of silence, the angel Gabriel showed up on the right side of that altar of incense. And he said, son, I've come to bring you a message. It's good to see you again. The silence was broken and God took him to a new dimension. I have this here this morning only because I want you to see this smoke that burned in that holy place representing the prayers and the worship of the saints and how that was a sweet aroma to God. It was a sweet aroma. And this represents your prayers and your worship on Sunday morning. It rises before him as a sweet aroma. Don't ever minimize what you do here on Sundays. And I know that you feel cut off. I know you feel in a blackout. I was talking to Brother Kilpatrick the other day and we were talking about church across the nation. And he said, you know, Randy, pastors all across the nation are telling me the same thing. It just doesn't feel right. Church doesn't feel right. And part of that is because there's so many that are not in here with us. They're at home online and, and we respect that decision, but we miss them. And, and it seems like no matter how hard we try, it just, doesn't, it just doesn't quite feel right. That's all across America. It's not just in Beaumont, but just hold on. Hold on. We're trying to re-enter. Just hold on. There's been a spiritual blackout. Just hold on. And I know it's gone longer than what it should have, but just hold on. Because tomorrow we're going to pop out. And we're going to look up. And we're going to say to one another, and we're going to hear it from heaven, mission control, when Holy Spirit says, it's good to see you again. It's good to see you again. Tomorrow will come. Weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. So hold on. Hold on. And in this womb of 2020, let God continue to shape and form you and fulfill you and, and complete you into the man or the woman that he needs you to be. Just hold on. You'll hear him say, it's good to see you again. Thank you for listening to the One City Church podcast. For more information about our church, visit onecity.church.